Welcome back to Everything But The Kitchen Sink. Very excited for today. We've got Sam French coming on. Yes, that's his name, Samuel French. He's the man, just like his name. He's pretty awesome. We're gonna be talking baseball today. So if you're not a baseball fan, you can still enjoy our funny quips, or maybe unfunny quips that we think are funny. We'll probably laugh at each other a good amount. But if you're not into baseball, maybe you could learn a thing or two. Sam is much smarter than I am when it comes to all things baseball. This was from about a week ago, so uh, a couple things aren't fully up to date, but we kind of did a mid-season review. We also went through some predictions that we had set at the beginning of the year, recap if we were close at all. Spoiler alert, I was nowhere near close on 90% of my predictions. Sam did a fine job, but I was way off, so don't judge me. I, I know you're already judging me. Don't. But it's going to be a good time, and we're going to have Sam on to talk the playoffs for baseball starting in October, and then also we're going to talk a little bit about fantasy baseball. So listen up. Let's get at it. Cue the music. It's an exciting time. It's an to exciting time. To be alive time. or it's to a, be in your bedroom uh, recording a podcast. Why we could go with undisclosed location, oh, um, yeah. Samuel, but I like, you're right, it is my bedroom, so. It looks good. Thank you. It feels nice. You know, we can we can paint whatever picture we this want. This won't be the first time we've talked about baseball in here, Jimmy. No, it, it won't. It won't. Um, do you want to go ahead and tell a little bit about yourself? Introduce yourself to the people. The uh, people who may just be, you know, my mom. Sure. Hello, Jimmy's mom. I think we've met before, but uh, I'm <laughs> Sam French. Um, I've been friends of Jimmy for about seven, eight years, which seems insane. Gosh, we're old. Um... The peak of our relationship was I once recorded a 10-minute song to cheer Jimmy on while he completed a marathon. Oh, wow. Maybe you can roll some of that during the credits. Wow. We we definitely have to play that. Yeah, at some point. Um, and then also, I guess Jimmy asked me to talk about baseball because I really love baseball. Most of our friends love football more, but I think that's idiotic and wrong. Um, I think my only qualifications to talk about baseball are that... I used to run a blog called Drunk Baseball for yes. a year of glorious content. Drunk Baseball, just it just fell away. It was time. Um, Miles got a really good job, and I got a really mediocre job, and when those <laughs> two things happened, it was hard to find Miles, time to write about baseball. Miles being the co-creator of Drunk Baseball. Miles puts the drunk in Drunk Baseball. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> we both did at the time. It was, that was the other thing, was writing about baseball drunk on a consistent basis, was really hard. I found myself going out so that I could write about baseball drunk. Yeah, well, for the the the, um, the premise for drunk baseball, as you probably have put together, was that Sam and Miles would get drunk, and then they would come back to their apartment, and they would write blog posts about baseball drunk, and yeah. they usually give themselves each other, they give uh, each other writing prompts before they got yeah. drunk, and then open them and... To, try to, decide to be fair, sometimes we wrote serious post-sober, and those were, yes. I think, high-quality baseball analysis. Yeah. I Well, you know, I thought the drunk ones were pretty... You just threw in... A, it was a lot more exclamation points and caps. <laughs> lots of all caps yeah, yeah. with, you know... And I think I always <laughs> forgot Logan Morrison's name. I don't think I was capable... I mean, I don't know why I always wanted to write about Logan Morrison, because especially until this year, like he was relevant to no one ever. Right. But I would, like, frequently... Be like, I want to write about Logan Morrison, but what is his name? 
Well, that that's I feel like I would just I would probably quote lots of things as as just uh, just complete facts if I was drunk too. I would state like oh, yeah. opinion pieces as just uh, indisputable fact. Yeah. Um I think so. I did predict that Joe Madden was going to take the Cubs to the playoffs a year early drunk in 2015 though. Well, that that playoff series too. Oh my gosh, we're talking baseball. We're already talking Cubs. Oh, no. That makes me so happy. <laughs> I just, I just, I just awoke on the inside. <coughs> well, that series, that Cardinals series too, when they made it to the playoffs, is probably my favorite postseason series I've ever watched. The Cardinals series where they made it to the playoffs. They had made it. They got swept by the Mets. The 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 series right after they got swept by the Mets. This was their first year in the playoffs. They, oh, it yeah, was yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Well, no one gave us a chance. No one gave us a chance against the Cardinals. Everyone was like, they're rookies. This is the, you know, mm-hmm. this is what happens. Like, Chris Bryant's a rookie. This is the first time they've been in how long. And they're, you know, they're little, overachieving. Little overachieving. did they know the overachieving would stop a year later. Wow. <laughs> I don't think you can say the overachieving stopped when it stopped with the world title. Um, okay, a year and a half later, when they, I think at July, had the third, something like early July, they had the third worst record of uh, a reigning champion of all time. They've all corrected right. the boat. They've corrected the boat, though. We'll get Sam, into that. Sam's drunk right now, everyone. <laughs> That's why he's uh, already using hurtful words and mean things. To talk about the Cubs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, your your allegiances. Who do your allegiances lie, baseball-wise? Um, give, give I've been a lifelong Tampa Bay Rays fan. Uh, I went to... All but one of their Tampa Bay playoff games in 2008, that miraculous run where they beat the Red Sox in the ALCS in Game 7. You were one of the 11 people in the stadium. Uh, we sold out those playoff games, but yeah, I was one of the 11 people at the play-in games. <laughs> yes, yes, of um, course. <laughs> eating the apparently horrible food. Oh, yeah, well... I... Tropicana was just named, like, the worst food services. Um, so I'm, I'm with the Rays, and I've since become a very large Pirates fan. I We went to college in Pittsburgh, and I became a huge Pirates fan watching Clint Hurdle sort of manage the new wave of data usage and things like that effectively to end their playoff drought after 22 years. That was an incredible... The, the for When they, they had that first playoff game in I Pittsburgh. went to that. I won... This is great. I won the Fantasy Baseball Championship that year, and the price for, a t- for the cheapest ticket I could find was the exact amount I won by winning first place. And I used it to go to the first Pirates playoff game in 22 years by myself. I did not know that caveat. Yeah. I did yeah. not know that you had... That was the part that you really... Like, you went to the stadium with the championship belt above yeah, your head. exactly. Just... Exactly. I was like, I'm here because I'm a winner, just like you are here because you are a winner, Pittsburgh Pirates. Wow. And they did win that day. It was the only wild card game of three in a row that they won. You were like Leo boarding the Titanic. You had won your ticket in a game of <laughs> yeah. cards, sprinted to the stadium, and then... And while it seemed like things were going to go really well for a while, then it crashed. Then it, then yeah, it iceberged. Yeah, that's, that it, sounds right about the Pirates. Yeah, they did win the playoff game, the play-in game. Yeah. And then they lost... To the Cardinals. To the Cardinals. four or five games. <sighs> Gosh, it just goes to show that the Cardinals ruin everything. Well, and then they went on to win the to go to the wildcard game the next two years, and in the first one, they faced Bumgarner... At the very beginning of what was his legendary world like playoff run, where he pitched something like forty percent of the team's innings, it's the craziest. And run then of all in their time. second wild or their third wild card game, they faced Arietta in the middle of his dominant season. So it's been a hard few uh, years. Good times. Um. So I guess those are where my allegiances are. But I do feel like more than most people, I do feel like I am just a large fan of the sport, and that I have players that I like, right? That I will consistently root for and watch play, regardless of who they're playing for. 
You also have players that you consistently root against. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, like, thank God Billy Butler is out of the sport after, like, five years of just not being a baseball player. Thank God Jose Reyes doesn't have a job. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. wait. Oh, uh, he's doing okay. But... He's on everybody. He's on He's on the souvenir cups. And I'll watch... At Mets I'll watch Murphy play, but I will announce him as known homophobe Murphy, like, before every game. Gosh, there was another, there was another one. Who was it? The uh, Matt Joyce. Matt X Joyce. X-Ray, X-Pirate. Oh, Matty man. Boy Joyce. Oh, that hurts you. Uh, my friend Miles used to have a Matt Joyce jersey. And yeah, he just got suspended for shouting a uh, homophobic slur at a fan. A fan. Which what? there's nothing good about that. Like, at what point would you would you take the hint? I mean, not take the hint. Just you you have to realize at this point in the game, regardless of the fact that like having that term at all in your vernacular is pitiful at this point right. and always. Uh, but on top of that, you have to realize that everyone is going to find out that you said it. And wherever you say it on right. the field, whoever you say it to, right. what, I don't understand how many well, more of these guys... And this year has really brought up sort of like both the horrible things fans say and the horrible things players say. Oh, it's just enough is enough. And like Matt Joyce is not a... No one is a good enough baseball player to say things. That's certainly not true. But Matt Joyce should not be in the media for anything because he's just pathetic at everything at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and I used to love him. I did. <laughs> well, you do. Matty Boy Joyce and you. Who does you. he play for now? The Athletics? Yeah, it's it's something. It's yeah. some irrelevant team. Speaking of the athletics. There we go. So, uh, at the beginning of the year, Sam, do you want to introduce the spreadsheet? Oh, yeah. So, uh, me and a few of my buddies have always, for the past couple years, put together sort of a preseason prediction uh, spreadsheet that is informally judged and awarded to whoever gets the most right. And it, it deals with every traditional thing, like who's going to win the playoffs, who's going to win the rookie of the year, who are the sort of things like that. But then it goes into sort of a less quantifiable categories. Like we do things like the most unlikely thing to happen, the stat lines of players who are borderline irrelevant. Like I think this year we, we pick like players that were interesting. Like I think this year we picked Kayon Broxton as a player to predict how Broxton <laughs> would perform. Uh, um, uh, I, in years past, I've won glory by predicting AJ Burnett was going to be a useful baseball player. Um, you won glory. I won glory. I really. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Who did you win glory from? Oh, Miles. Miles. In drunk I... baseball, there's a recap of our predictions, and I just dominated that year. And yeah, so anyway, this yeah. is like I, this is to me. I I don't think about these predictions more than twice a year, but they are one of my favorite parts of the baseball season is going back and looking at like yes, uh, how bad was Kayon Broxton. Also, when you just completely miss on predictions, it's the greatest Well, feeling. I think what's the craziest thing is, and this is, I think, a great compliment to the sport of baseball, is I usually do very well on many, many categories, but the category I almost always do the worst on is predicting before the year what the playoff field will be. Yeah. And that's to baseball's credit, because teams, every year there's a team that didn't make it the year before, every year there's a team that just no one would have thought would be good. It should be the easiest sport to predict. Right. You would think top to bottom, based on ro roster construction and, you know, no salary cap, that baseball would be the easiest one to predict. Just like you would think baseball would be the easiest one to bet over long term right. when you're betting MLB futures, and yet consistently... Right. Betters have to stay away. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot written on this subject with actual statistics, but there is this sort of thing where you think because it doesn't have a salary cap, it's going to have the least amount of parity, but it has by far the amount, most amount of parity in the major professional sports, major American professional sports, um, especially like when compared to football and like the AFC and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, um, and I don't know why that is. I think you 
kind of hinted at there of like a 162 game season that is such a long period of time oh, that it's like what can happen even saying it like hurts me 162 yeah. i can't that whenever i, mean, I look like, at i'm three games into a softball season right now oh. and my hamstrings are flaring up so how <laughs> how can anyone do it 162 times we have to sidetrack everything you're three <laughs> games in what is your record for this uh we were actually two games in because one was an unofficial rainout game which we won okay. but we are oh and one and one <laughs> Oh, yeah, because there's <laughs> no, you guys tie. don't go into extra innings in the softball league. Uh, yeah. That would be the most frustrating thing. I would, it was I would unbearable. immediately head to, like, a field and set up three bases. Yeah, and, it was unbearable. And be like, all right, yeah, guys, we like, end in a tie. And we've, this league, uh, has had four games rained out. Gosh, well, that's been the summer in general in NYC, just, like, every, everything getting rained out, or it rained the day before and the fields are unusable right, or exactly. Uh, I will say, though, my favorite Sam softball story, uh, I believe it was junior year, I want to say, junior year of college. I don't know where we're going yet, so you're going to have to keep going. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hook you in with this, because Sam, probably starting in January, was like, it was at least <laughs> once a week, of, of we would be talking about intramural basketball, we had an intramural uh, college uh, team for our school of drama that was the drama queens. We killed and them with kindness. We killed them with kindness and unitards because we infamously played dodgeball in unitards. And usually black lost. Unitards. And, yeah, well, dodgeball. Jimmy's gonna we deny once. We usually lost. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> uh, intramural dodgeball. We had a glorious one season and played pretty well into the playoffs. Okay. Basketball. We had to forfeit two seasons because we couldn't make it because of shows. So. You know, Fair enough. It's hard to build a roster when you're it was. in the wild party. The uh, wild party. Uh, <laughs> it ruined our chances. Okay, wait, so you were saying I was talking about yeah. softball. So we would be like talking about basketball, and you would come up in the hallway and be like, all right, softball. You'd be like, Sam, it's three months away. But you were so excited, and you would continually tell everyone that you were going to be the manager. You were ready to take on that mantle for softball. I was. You were recruiting uh, I know, underclassmen. I know now that we're senior year. Senior year. Senior year. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I would never presume to be the manager until <laughs> senior year. <laughs> you really are. You are the big baseball man because you respect the game you respect seniority and you waited until your final year to like take the helm yeah <laughs> you knew your place you weren't bat flipping okay and he, sam is just prepping from day one for it and first game <laughs> first game of softball amped up on the field you must have been there two hours early you were, I remember you showing right. up early, being like, we're going to throw the ball around. You were already thinking of lineups. You were ready to roll. Mm -hmm. And then on your first at bat, was it? Are you going to talk about breaking my hands? Yes. No, it was later in the first game. Um, I got a double, I think. I mean, really, it was probably like an infield grounder with eight errors that allowed me to advance the second, but of I'm going to call it a double. Against some frat. <laughs> Against some frat at Carnegie Mellon. <laughs> um, and so I was at second, and there was a, a ground ball to short, and I was a little too hopped up on adrenaline, so I was like, I can go to third on this, which was a bad play. And in an attempt to dive out of the way of the tag, I broke my hand. I was safe. <laughs> I want to be clear, though, I made it safe And you, to third. you stayed on base. And you I were stayed like, on base. Not only did I stay on base and in the game, I think the adrenaline was so much that I didn't really feel that bad. I mean, I knew I heard it, but I was like, oh, it's fine. And I went on to bat later in the game, and in a park that's almost impossible to actually hit it out, I hit a ball off the fence. It was the farthest ball I've ever hit in softball, and I did it with a broken hand. Wow. Because I went to the doctors the next morning and did break my hand. <laughs> See, I remember this story differently. I remember your first at bat, you getting up, maybe batting lead off. I, I, maybe I'm making this up in I my head I did bat this lead point. off. I just also remember just the second you game. hitting into, you, you like hit a ground ball, and you took off for first base, and I thought that you head slid first. Mm -hmm. 
No, it was definitely going into third. Base. It was definitely going into third on someone else's at bat. Well, that makes me sad because I loved the idea of you me breaking sliding. your hand, sliding into first, a la Major League. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it was pretty much the same thing because it was like, is, is it a Major League when they flip over the catcher? No, that's this is the catcher in Major League trying to run Right, out. right, but I think in Major League or maybe in Little Big League or something, there's also like an amazing play at the plate where they like show a guy like slow motion flipping over the catcher to like get home. That's what and you that were was doing what I was in your trying head. Yes, to do in my head <laughs> like, when I broke my hand. This is the moment. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so it is. It is relevant to '90s baseball cinema or whatever. Like, I'm so glad you had the retribution of hitting one off the fence. Yeah, I was really excited about that and really mad in hindsight because I think if my hand hadn't been broken. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest, if my hand hadn't been broken, I probably would have popped up to first. <laughs> <laughs> Though I do think that year, in my, like, I think eight at-bats, because I, of course, like, wrote it down on my phone, I think, like, I went eight for eight with six runs scored or something. Like, I you, was a You put it down man. in your phone? Oh, of course. You were stat-tracking well, in oh, your absolutely. notes section? Absolutely. I mean, again, I was probably reached on error six times. Like, yeah. two of them were probably hits. But the point is, like, I was the leadoff man the Cubs need this year. Yeah, and I really like to think that you were calculating your war as the as the season went on. I also, <laughs> as manager of the team, was trying really hard to organize shifts, mainly in the outfield. We were mainly doing outfield shifts, nothing crazy. And I remember like one other teammate or guy from the one of the other teams chewing me out, and then seeing that I was wearing a Rays hat. And remember, this is before. Joe Madden left, and he was just like, of course, of course you in the Rays hat are calling shifts in an <laughs> intramural <laughs> softball game. He knew too well. Yeah. He saw the signs yeah. and knew too well. Yeah. That's... <laughs> but I guess that's me in a nutshell, I was breaking my hand and calling wow. shifts. And, man... And having you, the courage to go back out there. If only you didn't hate the Cubs, you could have been their leadoff man this year, man. I would never. You... It'd be against your principles. Yeah. No big market teams for you. If they, if, if, they, if, is it Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer? Is Jed Hoyer still with them? Uh-huh. If they called me today and were like, one mil, basic contract, I'd turn it down. <laughs> I'd walk. I'd walk. If you all could great. see the serious look on his face, <laughs> I'm, you, I'm 100% sure he's serious right great now. Great players know when to call it quit. That's the thing. Great players. I'm like Jeter, baby. Now you just gotta start I'm the like Tribune. Ortiz. Your Tribune was drunk baseball, though, and yes. his Tribune is much more successful than no, yours. We'll see the player's that. Tribune. You History know. will remember it differently. <laughs> History will remember you over Derek Jeter. I know it, man. I'm so ready. You just wait. Um, well, let's go right into. Yeah. I want to go into this spreadsheet while we're. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what brought I us also, here. Also. Speaking of Miles earlier, uh, Miles, a.k.a. the guy who puts their drunk in drunk baseball, Miles, you didn't fill out the spreadsheet at the beginning of the year. Oh, yeah, that's Call actually a major out. bone to pick because Miles yeah. almost always does. But that's because, like, Miles is now doing really important things of his life, like reporting on Russia. Yeah, he is. So I guess he's got too many things to do than predict baseball, but, you know. I don't know. It's similar to you and Jeter. I think history will remember Miles for his spreadsheet shenanigans before yeah. his Russia That's reporting. accurate. That's accurate. He's, he's scared, though. And nothing, nothing's ever gone on with Russia, Sam. Okay? It's <laughs> That's all right. Fake news. a hoax. It's all a hoax. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Okay? Thank you. We keep it straight here. Um, okay. So, let's start with the part that I feel pretty good about my prediction on, predictions on. Uh, playoff field for the AL. Now, granted, it is August. It's early. Uh, mm-hmm. Things could change. Interesting statistic that uh, recently, for the last 10 years, I think it was, 75% of teams that are first in first place by August 1st end up winning the division. So, hypothetically, of our 
Right. Well, the window starts. To, the window starts to close post the trade deadline because bad yes. teams are now worse because they've traded away good players. They're also going to start resting players more. So just like that ability to pick up ground is like really going away. Absolutely. Uh, you know who's not in that twenty? I'm just going to bring this up once. You know who's not in that twenty five percent of teams that were leading August first? Who? You know the Red Sox. What was it? Two thousand twelve. When they blew that, oh like, nine-game lead over was the Tampa Bay Rays. Was that the Bobby Valentina, um, Bobby Valentine? Yeah. Is that his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he was eating fried chicken in the dugout, John Lester and stuff. Oh, Game 162. Man. I just bring that up because I, I watched the first three innings of Game 162 at your apartment when the Rays were playing the Yankees and they needed to beat the Yankees to go to the playoffs and beat right. the Red Sox. And they were down, like, 7 nothing. and I went and I went home to Squirrel Hill. I remember that. And then they won. I remember you coming to school the next day. Just triumphant. And try yeah. Well, that was that game how their lead was it was almost double digit games. I well, thought. there was two crazy things. It was the Rays were up like seven nothing or the Rays were down like seven nothing and they came back to win in like the thirteenth inning, including a two out, two strike home run by Dan Johnson, who to tell you about his relevancy is I think he's trying to like reinvent himself as a knuckleballer in the White Sox system this year. Um, yeah. he hit a home AKA, run tie up. Every over-the-hill athlete is trying to reinvent right. themselves as a knuckleball And then pitcher, the Red Sox myself. also had to blow a, like, three-run lead in the ninth inning, which they'd done, like, twice that whole year, and, uh, because it was Papelbon when he was good, and Carl Crawford made a, missed a catch that sort of led to it, and the beauty about this all was Crawford had just left the Rays, and so Crawford making the error, and then on top of that, Longoria hit a walk-off home run that won the game in the 13th inning for the Rays, and it was just over this very short wall by the foul pole at Tropicana Field that was literally designed. This is beautiful. This is why it's so beautiful. It was designed to be short so that Carl Crawford, when he was playing left field for the Rays, could catch balls there. And no it, way. Yeah. No way. Yeah. That you what architect that. was like Carl Crawford, and if only they you know, knew. They always they always like design like the outfield based on like their like franchise players. And at the time, Carl Crawford was literally the only reason to watch the Rays when this like right. left field was adjusted in like two thousand whatever. And so they were like, let's make the wall right here really short, so Crawford has a chance to rob a few home runs. Wow, worst worst contract Crawford's contract or Pujols's? Crawford's easily. Okay, Crawford or ooh. Upton? BJ Upton? Mm-hmm. With the Braves? Yeah. Uh, BJ Upton, I think, is worse. Yeah. But they're both Crawford's, really bad. Crawford's has got to be top three worst ones of the last ten years, though. I don't know. There's just really, there's a huge amount of really bad contracts. I mean, I don't even know if Crawford's is top three worst contracts in Red Sox past ten years. When you look at, like, Pablo Sandoval and things like that. Yeah, the Pablo Sandoval one is probably... Like, atrocious. Atrocious. Yeah. Yeah. The Crawford one, though, I just remember... And even for, but the Pujols one, the first, like, four years of having Pujols below, below whatever the lowest possible expectation was sure. when he was coming I over. mean, that's the whole... And that was the prime four years. You I were mean, like, I'll deal with the last four years of this contract being mediocre, way below replacement level. I mean, I think one of the reasons, actually, this is a complicated thought, so I'll try to do it succinctly. I think one of the reasons the salary cap, not having a salary cap is actually great for baseball is because the sort of presence of these massive mega contracts for players, like, at 30 sort of happened when steroids were allowing you to play to 40 right. at the top of your game. Right. And even though players aren't consistently roiding up, there's still this expectation that a 30-year-old should get a 10-year deal when it's just like, no one is going to be good in that post-34. No one's going to be worth $25 million a year at that age. So these big teams are still sort of expected to sign these t players, these huge contracts are never going to be good. 
Yeah, then the one side of big contracts, though, in baseball that makes a ton of sense to me is just name recognition. Sure. You, because it's such a, a faceless sport in so right. many ways where you, you know, how the team does over the season. It's just, you look at teams like the Athletics and they who are they selling? And right. they're not, they don't have a face to sell. So when you're signing, when you're thinking about like Bryce Harper's contract that's coming up, what you're actually buying has a lot more to do with just revenue, way more than wins and losses. So what the Angels got in Pujols was someone they could sell. <laughs> they little did they know that they were about to groom the possibly right. the greatest, the greatest play, player baseball player of all. Time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they were like, "We'll pay this other guy," and this we're gonna get him on a. You but know, I mean, you know what? Like scale, and this isn't. I don't think this is talked about often, and I don't really know enough to say that this is actually happening. But it's not a. It might be Albert Pujols' contract might be worth it to have Pujols in the dugout as Mike Trout became a baseball player. Very true. You know what I mean? Yeah. As a mentor and just like the only person in the world who, as a baseball player, who could say I was unquestionably the best baseball player over a four or five year streak at the time was Albert Pujols. Yeah. Until Mike Trout came along. How many more years Pujols gonna be around? You think? I think he could serve out the remainder of his contract. Yeah. He's not a useless baseball player. He hits home runs still. He hits RBI still. And as long as they can continue to market his home run And he run. just got to 600. 600. Yeah. I think he has a chance at 700. Yeah. I, I mean, think health, health has a time I think to do with it. health, he could hit 700 home runs. That's th- three and a half, four seasons with Pujols. The Cardinals, man, they, they really did get out at the right time with him, though. They when always look, do that. They're, they're so they're smart. So they're smart the, they're the most, I hate them the most because they're the smartest and have some money. And they're now tied with the Brewers for a second, a game and a half back yeah. this year. That's crazy. And the Pirates are only three and a half back, by the way. Yeah. Well, that, that franchise. I'm sorry, but I mean, Pirates that, that, aren't making the playoffs. They're uh, probably not, but three and a half games. I don't true. think. I don't think you with would, Marte out. Yeah, exactly. And I think the Cubs do win that that uh, division, but I would not bet on any four of those teams at this point. Yeah. Well. Also, who knew the Rockies and the Diamondbacks were going to be? as dominant as they've been as well. I didn't see those. I mean, they're they're still nursing a, what, four-game lead on, on the wild card for both of them? Yeah, something like that. It's kind of a shame that they're going to have to play each other because, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like the Pirates and the Cubs playing each other when they had the second and third best uh, records in baseball, or second and fourth. They both won over 98 games in yeah. 2015 and had to play each other in oh, the wild card It was game. so sweet, beating the Pirates and then beating the Cardinals. All right, all right. so going through the East... <laughs> Going through the East, we both had the Red Sox winning uh, the division. Winning the division, which feel good about that. I don't feel great about it. You don't feel good about I that. Do, I mean, I feel this fine past about five it. game run. Yeah, they're they're winning a lot of games. I think the Yankees did a lot more at the deadline to be a better team. Yeah, well, Conley and Robertson, they really do shore up the end of that bullpen. Yeah, plus like, you know, Sonny Gray and Jamie Garcia are, regardless of how good they pitch the rest of the way, better than the four and five pitchers the Yankees had. Who I don't even I can't even yes. name was it Jordan Montgomery? Or is he still? They're going to six man rotation for whatever. Um, and I think the Yankees still have a better run differential, which like I'm not saying that necessarily means they're going to win more games. But with when they're more talented and they have a better run differential and they're not down many games in the standings, I'm going to trust them to to get there. That lineup goes stagnant though too often for me. There's too many times where I'll check in on them, and that lineup that supposedly, you know, can crank out runs mm-hmm. from, you know, Sanchez through Judge. I mean, Judge has played awful since the All-Star break. Yeah, but that's a one-month sample, and he still has the second-best OPS in baseball. That was only passed yesterday by Joey Votto. And if we look at, like, 
who he is as a baseball player when he came up to the majors last year for a month and was horrible Off, and how yeah. well he rebounded. Yeah. I mean, a month a month cold streak and the Yankees are still just out of second place. If it ends up he's bad for the rest of the season, and screw real, he's not playing bad, MLB has figured out how to adjust to him. Very true. Very they true. now have like a large enough sample size to look and figure out how to pitch, and now he just has to make that adjustment, and that like what makes a baseball player great. And we'll see if he does it. So Red Sox we picked. So Red Sox, but I feel I, I I'm still feeling strong about the Red Sox. I feel like the Red Sox are making the playoffs, and I would I think there's a good chance they win the division. Though I would pick the Yankees now. Of my picks on this list, I'm the Red Sox are the ones that I'm least concerned about losing it. I just even though that that offense can also go stagnant as well. Well, I'm curious because our next one is the AL Central, and it looks like we both, both pick the, the Indians. Indians. You feel better about the Red Sox than the Indians? I feel better about the Red Sox than I feel better about. Uh, I feel better about the Red Sox. Because I'm, and I don't think the Yankees. Uh, I just, I. So who do you think? I'm just too much. I just have too much hatred for that club. That, that could be it. Uh, but I, I, I refuse to give them anything until they've earned it. I guess. Because this is what I'll say about the Indians. They've sort of underperformed too, like the Cubs, not in a, as dramatic a level, but they've mm. underperformed too. And they went into the World Series and lost in seven games in extra innings to a team that is considered, correct or not, one of the best teams of the last ten years. Right. They did it with two of their five starting pitchers hurt. They came back Let's this year. Force them out with, for drones. They came out this year with close to full health, mm-hmm. with Edwin Encarnacion added to their team, with a full year of Andrew Miller, right? With a close to full year of their top prods prospect, Bradley Zimmer. Is that his name? Bradley Zimmer, mm. the center fielder who offers great D. Mm. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> he offers great defense. I want to know about the other. He thing. offers great D. <laughs> All this is to say is, with every the Cubs, with the Cubs, everything went right D for too. them last year. Uh, I don't think that takes away from who they are as a team, but the Cubs, everything did go right yes, last year. Yes, including the, Indians, the most divine rain delay of all time. Yeah, and with the Indians, maybe everything went wrong. Not everything, but everything that went wrong that could get you, that you could still get to that place with, mm. and they took extra innings to lose. It's true. And now they are fully healthy. Salazar is back and pitching fantastic over the past month. Yeah, they've got and a Kluber, better Kluber in the sense coming yeah, back. From exactly, has been and they have a more talented stellar. team than their team last year. Yeah, I think I think they are going to walk away with that division. I wonder if the Royals. I just the Indians continue to every time. I think they're gonna take a series, or you know, they split one two two, or they lose one one and two through a series. It's just. The, I've waited to see the consistency. I thought they would have this division a long time ago. Sure. So that's been frustrating, and, and it, it, it's concerning to me because I think the Indians, I want the Indians out of the AL, uh, mainly because I also put money on them before the season to win the AL. Um, but uh, just a lot the of The Indians are still my pick to go to the World Series. I, they are for me as well. And I, I, I will take them over the Astros if, if, if in a series. I just, something about the humdrum of the summer and how they started off so slow. Yeah, I mean, they're nine games above 500 mm-hmm. and haven't played that great. Yeah, they, that's true. So that makes Only me way think to go up. They, Only way they're going to go up. They have a 98 positive run differential, which is better than Boston's, which is better than the Cubs, better than St. Louis, better than Colorado. They're not. They're going to do great. Next, so we both had the Indians. We both had the Red Sox. Uh, the West, we went with, you went with the Astros. 
You're a better man than I. And you went with the Rangers. And I went with the Rangers. So I won that one. Even the best <laughs> make huge mistakes sometimes. Well, the Rangers <laughs> are that weird team of the past, like, six years where they, they do fluctuate. Like, most teams, like, the yeah. general arc is three years of horrible, three years of great. I think the Rangers, I haven't fact-checked this, but I feel like they've gone back and forth between good and bad for as long as they've been in my sort of, like, consciousness of, like, 2008 on. At an erratic pace, too. Yeah. Just, it... But that offense is just so tantalizing when it's on. Yeah. It could put up runs. I, I was uh, I was sucked in. I also just, I never bought into the Astros, even though they built it up the right way. Uh, and, and they surprised me. Keuchel surprised me. And I was the first Keuchel fan. You were? Two years ago. I watched his Major League debut... Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to be wrong about this. I watched one of his first major league starts at Tropicana Field. Yeah, and, and was, you were like, I was "What like, a this majestic guy looks pretty beard!" Great. Um, I'm trying to find this like amazing quote by Clint Hurdle, the uh, Pirates uh, manager, about Jeff Daniels, or excuse me, John Daniels, the Ranger GM. But I'll find it later and I'll read it out loud. It's great. Uh, but well done on the Astros. Biggest surprise of the season? The Astros? Teams? Yeah. No. The Astros, I mean, they put on, I mean, well, maybe it's the Dodgers. I think the Astros were one of the biggest surprises last year when they didn't do that well. Yeah. I mean, that team is insanely talented between Correa, Bregman, who is back to looking good, uh, Altuve, who is just one of the most fun baseball players to watch over the past decade. So fun. I mean, George Springer has been labeled a disappointment for years after, like, averaging, like, 25 home runs for his first four years in his, like, early 20s. So, like, whatever. <laughs> and now he's putting it all together. And was an outside shot at MVP a couple weeks ago. Yeah, before he got hurt. Yeah. The wild card spots that we had so you're this is where it always gets tricky because i mean the al is is still like who's gonna win the wild card who knows like right there's eight teams in striking distance wild card one you had mariners uh, who are wild card two right now currently um yes and then wild card two you had the orioles what a season for the orioles the orioles have you looked at their standings recently they're climbing they're climbing they're back into not they're back into that like fake contention where you're in contention to be in contention to be in contention it's like like the thing that the announcers always pull up when you're in like the fourth inning and they don't have stuff to talk about they're like well we're only four back of the wild card we get some uh things to fall our way my favorite stat of the season or i don't even know if it's a stat so much as an anecdote is there was that there was that period of time where i don't know what the exact numbers were so i'm gonna be butchering everything but the Orioles went through a, an insane away. streak. It might have been as many as like twenty games where each of their where they gave up more than like five runs. Like they gave up this like insane amount of runs yes. over a period of time where they could not they more than five runs for an insane period of time. While Britain was out. Yeah. Um and it was the it was the, the peak of their starters being horrible, which is like always the case this year. But during that streak, someone compared the uh batting the the slash lines against so how teams were batting against them what teams on base percentage and what teams slugging percentage were against them this is all the players on these teams against the orioles and it very closely resembled willie mays's career stat line (laughs) the orioles for like a three-week period of time in early summer made every Every other other baseball player player like willie mays (laughs) that is an incredible an incredible point to explain how and when bad I saw that the pitching was for a while. Online, I was just like, "That's nothing could make a team more demoralized than that." Wow. Well, that had to be one of the worst managerial decisions in the playoffs last year. Not sending yeah. him in, and I, I. And it's easy to second guess these things, of but, course. But that was wrong. And the Orioles have been known, especially in the last two years, as being the team that wins close games. Yeah. They had one of the craziest extra inning and one run game margins. Margins. I mean, Doug Showalter, despite that error, is 
widely considered one of the best at managing a bullpen. Oh, of course, of course. It's but just, that was nonsense. It's one of those things where in Orioles lore, you'll look back and like seeing the bullpen pictures of Britain watching of the shots behind him just like right. waiting in the bullpen is... But the oh. Orioles are consistently the most perplexing franchise in baseball. I mean... Yeah. It's something like the past four years, they've outperformed their uh, predicted wins every year, except this year, probably. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the deadline, they went out and traded for Jeremy Hellickson, which was like, yeah, from what? the Phillies. From the Phillies, which made no sense for anyone involved, especially yeah. them. That so, and the Hamey Garcia movement confused me. The Hamey Garcia Braves to the twins, twins? To the Twins and then to the Yankees. The twi- did the Twins make like a three-game decision to just... Well, I think what the Twins did was great. I think they made... I think they were like, just because there's a deadline doesn't mean we have to only deal right at it. So they dealt for Jaime, Jaime Garcia a little early. Yeah, right they, after Quintana had gone to the They Cubs. saw what their team was for about a week. They didn't like what they saw and they flipped him. And I think... I don't know prospects that well. I'm not a prospect hound. I, I don't believe the list that much. I don't think they can tell you that much. Mm-hmm. But besides, like the top, yeah, team. sure. But I think they, I think they got better overall. I think they're, they, what they got back from the Yankees was better than what they sent to the Braves. Yeah, it was an interesting. It was. I was so flabbergasted by it at the time because it, it was what a six game sample. He pitched once, and they had maybe gone two and four or one and five over a stretch, and then they just right. But it's looking like a smart move. I mean, they the did, Twins. Yeah. I mean, too many teams trick themselves into thinking they're in contention. Yes. Kudos to the Twins for not. Uh, but the currently second wild card spot is the Mariners. You had guessed them for wild card one, which I would love because I think they have the longest playoff drought now in baseball. Uh, for making the playoffs. I think they're the longest now. Really? I think so. The We missed the Yankees. Um, both of us did. My wild card predictions were uh, similar. I went with Orioles and Astros. Uh, I will pat myself on the back for at least saying the Astros will make the playoffs. Um, yeah, I mean, judging the wild card too much is just useless right now because it could be anyone. I mean, it could be yes. the Rays, it could be the Royals. I don't know about I, I'm, I'm. I feel pretty set that it'll be that the Yankees are going to make it uh, and then that second spot. Well, one of the AL East top two is going to make it, and then For the sure. second spot could go to I think anyone from the Rays to the Orioles, maybe to the Mariners. Even the Angels are in contention. Uh, that's that's true. Which Man. like get Mike Trout into the playoffs. Enough is enough, please. Well, back to the Orioles point too. Apparently, Britain was they were asking for. Truly, everything which is from, absurd. Uh, just, just a king's ransom for a closer. You can't ask for which, a king's ransom from a closer, no, much ever. less when he's not healthy. Unless it's Andrew Miller, <laughs> and then I mean, they got they got like one top prospect, like a great prospect. True, but true. I, Maybe I, I'm just I'm so obsessed with Andrew Miller. All I want is for him to be on a team. That he's I amazing. For. I, I I watch him. Didn't he start? Wasn't he a starter for the Red Sox like five years ago? Oh. I think he like think he reinvented his career in the for the Red Sox, but I think no one noticed it yet because. Yeah, he wasn't like in the spotlight. Although now I look back on the fact that the Yankees wanted Schwarber for Andrew Miller was the was the rumored leak. Oh wow, the Cubs should have done that. Yeah, that's and you look back at it, and even though I I'm a big Schwarber fan, I think he's gonna have huge power, and and I think he's gonna he's always gonna have a low batting average, but I do think he he has a career and and is you know I think he's played well since his trip to the minors, but. Uh, I I think we, we first of all we'd still have Andrew Miller under contract, which what we did with Chapman was so smart. We leased yeah. him for a championship and then well, got that's out. just it. I mean, I think a lot of the this is a, a larger topic, but I think a lot of the discussion around the trade deadline is how to make your team that's not quite good good. And I think that's yes. the wrong strategy. I think the Dodgers getting Darvish, and I think last year the Cubs getting 
Chapman is the right strategy. I think it's, we know we're going to be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. We we know this is our year, so why are we pretending that we need to protect the year five years from now when we could just get to this place? Let's make our team as good as possible to win this thing. Absolutely. It's like when the Athletics did it a couple years ago and yeah, it's just so I think flat it's the, on their face. It's a smart thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> that, that Samarja Lester losing the play-in game for that year. Yeah. So moving on to mm-hmm. NL predictions. NL East. Going with the Mets. Yeah, it was bad. Sam went with the Mets. I went with the Nats. Curious. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I went with the Mets. Time and time again, we fall to this, like, false narrative of the super rotation, right? Like, we did it with the Phillies. Yes. We did it with the Cardinals. We've done it with the Nationals. And we did it with the Mets, where I looked on paper and I looked at Matt Harvey, maybe healthy again. I looked at Jacob deGrom. I looked at Noah Syndergaard, who, by the way, do you know about Noah Syndergaard? He was in Game of Thrones last week. He was a spear thrower for the Lannisters. No joke. How did I miss this? Because it was very subtle, not like Ed Sheeran. <laughs> Ed Sheeran's Ed Sheeran's was you know, the you, opposite. You look at of that subtle. rotation and you think and you look at them the year before where they made the playoffs and many, many things went wrong. And the, the the smart move is to think, oh, things went wrong for this team. They made the playoffs. Next year things are not gonna go as wrong. And then of course things go much more wrong. And, and then Harvey look, just doesn't show up to play. <laughs> Harvey's just horrible. Harvey doesn't show up, and when he does yeah. show up, they're he like, I wish up. you didn't show yes. up. <laughs> um, side note, I was I went to a Matt Harvey star earlier this year with my girlfriend and her sister, who's from North Carolina, and her sister, when she saw who like, the starting pitcher was, she's like, I think I've done shots with him. And I was like, no. She's like, no, I think I've done shots with Matt Harvey at my hometown, or at my college town of Chapel Hill. And I was like, there's no way Matt Harvey did shots with you in Chapel Hill. I looked it up. Matt Harvey is from, went to Chapel Hill, which I did not know. Yeah, you could have said any town and I would have believed it. They would have been like, oh yeah, he was in Copunk, Nebraska doing shots with me two days ago. I'd been like, absolutely. So that's my Matt that's Harvey story. So I blame Laura Griggs. If you're listening to this, Laura Griggs, you are why Matt Harvey is not good anymore. <laughs> yeah, so the Mets were a disappointment. And also the Nationals. I always thought the Nationals were going to be good. I mean, it's not fair for me to say that I, that I thought the Mets were going to be amazing compared to the Nationals. I thought, they were, I thought it was going to be a tight division. Right. Um, and the Nationals look great. I would, uh, I'm going to pat myself on the back and say that I bought up all the Bryce Harper stock coming into this season. I bought it all up. Yeah, we're going to have to have a conversation about this later because one of your, like, unlikely predictions is that Bryce Harper has a bounce back season, and I don't think that's an unlikely prediction. Whoa! Okay. You were right, and kudos to you for being right. Already on my unlikely (laughs) predictions, we're not there yet in the spreadsheet, Samuel. Yeah, but Bryce, Bryce Harper is great, Anthony Rendon is great. If you would predict Ryan Zimmerman had a bounce back season, that would have been unlikely. And you would have been right for at least a period of time. I mean, they've suffered. They've, they've gone through the loss of Adam Eaton, the loss of Trey Turner, and yeah. they still look great. Gio Gonzalez has reinvented himself, it looks like, or maybe just he's good. The weird thing he is, like, really well suddenly, all of these, suddenly all of these batters are hitting way more home runs than ever before, and, like, it's affecting some pitchers more than other pitchers. It's affecting Garrett Cole. It's affecting, like, Julio Tehran or whatever, however you say his name. Oh, um, uh, Julio Teheran Teheran is, is on, on my fantasy, fantasy team, team and, and he's been on the bench for the past right, and so six there's weeks. There's these pitchers who are suffering way more this year because, for whatever reason, they are more uh, more susceptible more susceptible to the home runs. But and then pitch there's these counts pitchers, are really high. and then there's these pitchers who are pitching better this year, and you're just like, how? Yeah. And the answer is probably steroids. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not a Cubs player. I'm not going to suggest someone's uh, oh. doing steroids just because they're beating me. <laughs> oh, man. Eric Thames. I'm so sorry we we, uh, we went after you after uh, you light, lit us up. Yeah, Gio Gonzalez is great. The Nationals look great. Next, with Essential in the NL, we both picked the Cubs. Surprise, surprise. And but, you know. 
I will get down to your unlikely prediction <laughs> that came very true. And I don't and I don't feel confident the Cubs win it. I still I still yes. think, I think they're going to. I would love to see the Brewers win it. Well, I guess I'll 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 go to that now. I'm gonna read Sam's unlikely prediction. It's a long one. Uh, so there's three categories of things that you predict at the bottom of the spreadsheet. It's three unlikely things that could happen in the season, three even more unlikely things but may be possible, and then biggest surprise of the season. And Sam, to your credit, biggest surprise of the season, it takes until August 26th for the Cubs to take over the top of the NL Central for good. And considering right now they have a game and a half lead... Yeah, I'm gonna give that one to you. Yeah, I mean, and these are the categories where you can't be exact. I mean, the spirit no. of that is it of takes course. way longer in the season for the Cubs to take the NL Central, and I think that's accurate. And since the moment I read that, that comment has haunted me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like well, it, it, it was the same sort of thing. I thought everything went right for the Cubs last year. Yeah. Everything went right. I, it was hard to believe that would happen again, and I was right. Yeah, I still I, think they're a great baseball team. I think we all thought it would come down to earth a little bit more this year, but uh, to be in such a dogfight with the Brewers, just seemed like an impossibility at the start of the season. Right. And then the Brewers They're sticking started there. using steroids. <laughs> yeah, Eric Thames <laughs> was like, they have some great steroids overseas. Really turned my career around. And he really does his, uh, his downward beating club motion before every swing. Uh, have you seen that? Mm-hmm. How he does that? Yeah, it's awesome. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's fun I don't care watch. how much he's cooled off, he's a great story. He's a great story. Uh... I also, also Sam's brother uh, does predictions on here. Lots of all caps, uh, <laughs> just ridiculous yelling. My brother doesn't really know much about baseball until no, the, the spreadsheet was Met- kind of vertigo for him. Yeah, and everything is Mets players. It's <laughs> Everything's just like Mets players. MVPs, all the Mets, even in the AL. And I think he like asks who Nolan Arenado is. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not fair to Nat. He doesn't. He knows who Nolan Arenado is. He knows a lot about baseball. He knows a lot more than most fans know about baseball. But he just doesn't know quite enough to hang out the big boys. I will like to say though, his his biggest surprise of the se- of the season is Tebow in, in all caps. caps. Tebow. <laughs> doesn't Tebow. say what. I, I want to go with. Uh, I'm going to give him success on that. Yeah, I mean, I, Tebow is still playing surprise. baseball. And so, playing well. And yeah, for sure. Good uh, for you, Tim Tebow. I feel like I know more about Tebow than most Major League players based on ESPN's coverage of Tebow. Yeah. He gets a single and I hear about it. Yeah, it's true. Uh, great. So, Cubs, uh, well done. We both picked the Cubs. We both picked the Dodgers. Although, who knew they were going to go 44-7 and over a 51-game span? Yeah, one of my other favorite stats this year I read and... There's probably more up to date stat, but as of July 30th, they had won. They hadn't as of July 30th. They hadn't lost a game that they had been leading in at yeah. any point in time since May 15. Over like a 65 game stretch, they did not lose a single game where they once had a lead. I was listening to two games during that where the announcers were keen to that and aware of it and were talking about it whenever a run would start to happen and they yeah. were leading because that's an absurd stat. It ended up being the Braves who uh, took it down. Way to go, Braves. <laughs> but it's amazing. It's amazing to watch because they're doing it with like all the sort of traditional baseball narratives. You know, like a rookie comes up and is amazing. A utility man suddenly becomes amazing. Like uh, the amazing shortstop who was rookie of the year elevates his game even more. Like all these like very traditional baseball narratives, but they're also doing it classic Andrew Friedman style by like looking at the new rules and learning how to exploit them best. Like their use yes. of the 10 get day DL to like rest pitchers and rest players and get players in a position to succeed has been like, amazing watching 
And I mean, I know you've got to be really into baseball to like find joy in watching like sort of like DL transactions. Watching people go to the DL. But it's great. It's great. And, like, that's, that's what gets the listeners going. Just... But it's like that's what how teams become great is by like yeah. managing health. Managing how you, you become a good baseball team by having good baseball players, and you become a great baseball team by like being good over a 162 game span. What was, uh, what was incredible? First of all, I have way too many Dodgers players on my fantasy baseball team, so I've been enjoying the ride. Yeah, that's great. I have Cody uh, Ballinger, so I'm you, with you. So you, you've got the top of the mountain there. Uh, but the watching Justin Turner uh, be hitting three thirty with one home run in a, in a year when everything is strikeouts, walks, and home runs, the way so that fun. Justin Turner has, has Did he really have hit, one home run? He had one home run through... I want to say through June first. Okay, but he's got more now. He's right? got he's got like, like fourteen 10, now. 15? But yeah. he was he was putting out ribbies at an unbelievable rate, and he was doing it the old fashioned way, and, just contact Joey Votto style. An old baseball player who, who was redefined cut from the Mets was put on waiver wires by the Mets. Yeah, and also just a journeyman. Yeah, was, like yeah, all over the place. It's awesome. You mentioned Joey Votto, who is one of my all-time favorite baseball players, I think the most underappreciated baseball player of our generation, mm-hmm. um, and having an amazing year. He's leading the majors in OPS. I will, when I see that Joey Votto is up to bat on MLB TV on my phone, I will quit what I'm doing and watch the at-bat. He's great. Just because I, the way he works account, the way everything, I love it. He's just, and he's just everything baseball school. should be. He's, he hits home runs, but he also knows how to like bat with two strikes. He's yeah. like, Oh, his his on base percentage is always insane. I remember I had him on my fantasy team like three years ago, and he was maddening because I think the first three weeks of the season he walked something at like three times the rate any other player did, and it was his his on base percentage was like seven hundred for the first through three weeks, but I don't think he had a single <laughs> extra base hit. <laughs> it was insane. Oh uh, yeah. man, that's that's been the that's been the fun part of watching Harper too, just the amount of walks he's accrued over the last two seasons. And that's a big thing is like, I mean, there was a, ESPN did a great article about how the Cubs broke Bryce Harper last year by refusing to pitch to refusing. him. Refusing. And looking at how this year he's adjusted to that and knowing how to take a walk and knowing how to not let it get into his head and not yeah. get frustrated is amazing. And my fantasy team has, uh, thank you, Bryce. Thank you for con- keeping me in contention this year in fantasy. You and Justin Turner both. Thank you both. Uh, so we both have the Dodgers. Uh, we both, I think everyone whiffed on the Giants. This yeah. year, I, who who would have known and, that and they, and they and could and get a hundred And I'm mad at myself losses. for whiffing at the Giants. I put them in the wild card, and I'm as, mad at myself as I did as well, for whiffing at them one. because I never think the Giants are good. I never look at the Giants roster and I'm like, I think you're good. And then they go on to win the World Series. Yeah, you know, it's like, that even your magic. So at this man. point, so at this point, I'm just like, I have to put the Giants into my playoffs because I'm just like, it's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, I. It's it's been shocking, but that's why also all those even recently with the Dodgers Giants series, uh, Dave Roberts. Everyone was like, well, you know, this will be nice playing the Giants for four games. Easy. And Dave Roberts just kept saying, this is the same roster that went to the World Series. Right. Like, this, well, it's I mean, a couple changes, but these guys know how to win. I mean, well, the we're Pirates, not, like, ready to walk over them. <laughs> post-All-Star break, when the Pirates and the Cubs were both on, like, 8-1 streaks, like, when they were, like, essentially the same team. Like, they came in, like, I think they were, like, a game apart, and they were both on, like, insane streaks. The Pirates went against the, the Giants and hit a wall. Yeah. And, like, that's when the losing started again. So, Giants... Wild card. We were both wrong. wrong on that. And then we both. We, I have the Nats there, and you have the Cardinals. The Cardinals. So who are, are making getting, a run? Who are making a run, but will win the NL Central or nothing? Probably. Yeah, they probably. Will I like not to get think the that card. the Dodgers and, or excuse me, the Rockies and the Diamondbacks are locked in for the wild card spots. I'd like to think it's not true, but I'd like to think that they it's are. over a five game lead uh, over the Cardinals for sure. Uh, but 
the Nats, you, you did have them going to the playoffs, though. Um, did not see the Diamondbacks in and the Rockies doing what they're doing. Especially no, the Rockies. I, I did think the Diamondbacks were going to be very good. And by very good, I mean, like, not bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did not think the Rockies were going to be good. No. Uh, let's move on to our MVP predictions. You went with, um, Lindor. Lindor. Yeah. Who I was wrong about, and I'm not going to argue that, but I keep, keep on hearing people talking about, like, how he had a disappointing season, mm-hmm. and I think, I think someone was talking, I was listening to a fantasy baseball podcast talking about this the other day, and they made the point that he has, what he's on pace to do as a shortstop would be the only third season, would he be the third shortstop in, like, eight years to do in relation to how many home runs he hits and how many strikeouts he hits and how high his batting average is. I think it was Ooh. 20 homers, 10 steals, 275 average. So he's still a really good baseball player, but he's not an MVP. Ever since Beltre hit 3,000 hits, there's been a bunch of pieces about who's on track to do that based on age right. and current production. And Lindor is one of the he's he's ahead he's way ahead of schedule. Right. Even with that, based on age and um, batting average, and so definitely still buying Lindor stock. Um, and you know and you he'll picked, be defined by the postseason. And you picked Mookie. I picked Trout. Oh. Uh, okay, so like so, and and I I love that pick. I he's still the, he's love that the, pick. He's the best player in the AL. He won't. Win, he probably won't win the award. Yeah, of the injury. especially because of the injury. But if if the Angels make a run here at the end and do something, he could he could be get he's, some votes. But he's not going to. I think he would. Altuve. Need, I think he would need Judge Altuve and for sale all to get hurt. Yes. Yes. Agreed. And then for the NL MVP. We bought we bought in hard on the Cubs. We're on the Cubs. Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo. And yeah, I went with Rizzo. And Sam neither are having bad years. No, Chris Bryant's even in fact having a better year than his MVP season. I think actually, I think when you put it in context of how everyone else is doing in the season, it doesn't feel that way because I right. think last year he was clear one of the best players, and this year he's mm-hmm. like kind of a middling pack of like twenty really good players. He's got two. He's hitting two eighty, twenty home runs, I believe. So who do you think AL and MV, NL MVPs are this year? Oof. Well. NL Cy Young, I think, is Scherzer, going to be Scherzer, because Kershaw is still out. Right. Uh, and NL MVP... This is what we think now, not what we put. Yeah. I would go Altuve, AL MVP, and I would go Goldschmidt, NL MVP. Ooh. I think Arenado has the chance to take over Goldschmidt. Mm-hmm. Um, those narratives are great of sort of team leaders who've been, like, amazing baseball players over the course of four years and who are now leading their teams to the playoffs. And these things shouldn't matter to, like, who wins the MVP, but they do. Yeah, I'd be curious to see what the odds are right now for NL MVP. Um, I know, it, it just seems like all the Dodgers cancel each other out, similar to what the Astros were doing for And the a Nationals while. do this year, probably, as well. Yeah, with Zimmerman and Harper. Well, I'd say Harper and Rendon. Oh, Hart Rendon has had a run. Also, Rendon in the first month was not doing that great. Right. That 10 ribby game that he had really started to turn around. I remember that. I'm aware because he's on my team. In the first four weeks, I almost by week four, I was almost sending him to the bench because I was pretty deep at third base. Uh, but he, he yeah, turned so we, around. So we whiffed on the players. We picked good players, but players who aren't going to win. Yes. You came close to Trout. Yes. But again, like... You don't really get a congratulations for identifying Mike Trout as the best no, <laughs> player I don't. in the AL. I don't get a congratulations, but... But I'm, then look at that AL Cy Young. That's where, we, that's where we started to hit our stride. Yeah, AL Cy Young. I went with Kluber. You went with Chris Sale, which are easy to leave the top two. I mean, uh, I would put, and this is a controversial thing I'm about to say, but I put Luis Severino above Kluber. He's almost identical stats. Oh, it stat- hurts! Well, this is why. He's almost identical stats and has pitched 25 more innings or something like that. That's the only reason why. 
Kluber's a better pitcher. Kluber's going to be a better candidate by the end of the year. Yeah, I think Kluber's coming on so strong right now. His last five starts, he's double-digit strikeouts, one earned run or less, I think. He's not going to beat Sale, though. Sale's going to win that award. No. Unless he gets hurt. It's out of this world how Sale's been doing. He did have that bad game he pitched recently, uh, which was a shock. (laughs) When you see, like, four or five drained runs against him, you're just in shock. What do you... Do you think Sale... I... I remember when, in his White Sox days, maybe it's because, you know, being a homer with all the Chicago stuff, everybody was talking about how he couldn't last long-term with his throwing yeah, motion. Yeah, I mean, I used, to look, I used to look at his throwing motion, and I know very little about how, like, pitching mechanics actually work, but I looked at his throwing motion and was like, that looks unhealthy. He's gonna break. Yeah. He's also scrawny. Like, he's scrawny. He's lanky, lanky as hell, yeah. Uh, but Kluber and Chris Sale, well done, us. I had Kluber, you had Chris. Um, NL Cy Young. Not so hot for me. Not so hot for me. <laughs> I picked Noah Syndergaard, who is maybe the worst pick besides Jimmy's. Kyle yeah, Hendricks. Kyle Hendricks. I believe I wrote, uh, yes, I wrote Kyle Hendricks, baby, in yeah. all caps. I'm yeah. so sorry. You had too People much love for Kyle Hendricks. Street. He's a good pitcher, but he wasn't that guy. All right, well, the injury threw it off. He's been pitching well since he came back, but, uh, sad day. Also, just can't stay in games long right now. I think that's, I mean, I think... Noah Syndergaard would have been a competitive person had he not gotten injured. He was the one pitching well for the Mets before he got hurt. Had he not had to go, you know, work on Game of Thrones for an extended period <laughs> right, of time, right. throwing spears. Like, what were his stats? I'm going to look up his stats really quickly before he got hurt, because I I might be remembering it wrong, but I seem to think that he was, like, the bright spot in the otherwise, like, tempestuous Mets uh, rotation before he got hurt. His hair certainly was. He's great. This year, he pitched 27 innings, and he had a 329 ERA, so, like, whatever. Yeah. Mediocre. Good, but mediocre, mediocre for a great pitcher. Still buying still buying Noah Syndergaard stock. I still think he's he's gonna be he's gonna have you, a consistent you, you say career. you're still buying stock, but neither of us are in dynasty leagues, to be clear, right? Uh I just meant in life I'm, I'm buying okay. Syndergaard <laughs> okay. stock. I'm buying I'm buying I still buy Kyle Hendricks stock when okay. I go to the store. I'm I've sold all my Kyle Hendricks stock. Listen, <laughs> I'm buying it, so sell low, buddy. Our rookie of the years mine were really shots in the dark. You Cotton and Albies. Yes. That's bad. I did Moncada <laughs> and Glasnow. Also bad. I put way too much time looking into rookies for the, to be as off it's as so I was. It's so crazy because I think this year might be... I, I tweeted this at Buster Olney, and Buster, if you're listening, you didn't get back at me, and I'm kind of mad about it. Buster! But I, but I tweeted this at Buster Olney about, like, is the combination of Bellinger and the NL and Judge and the AL the best rookie class of all time as far as those two players? Mm-hmm. And I don't know enough about the baseball history to say it. I know enough to say that in my lifetime it certainly is. Yeah. And you look, and I don't think anyone had either of those guys on no. their like favorite list. Benintendi was the no. favorite in the Benintendi AL. Benintendi was a huge favorite, and and Judge because of how bad he looked last Didn't fall get a was look. off everybody's radar. And Bellinger, I don't think people thought he was going to play. I don't think people thought Bellinger was going to consistently play enough. Mm-hmm. Wow, especially when you look at just like. <laughs> Who, who was showing up at the But derby. it's a great year for rookies. It's a great year. Like, they're hitting more yes. home runs, I think. I think there's never been... A, I think there's been, like, only a handful of seasons where two rookies hit more than 30 home runs. I think we're on pace to have five or six. Which is, you know, says more about the year in general than it does about these individual players. Mm-hmm. But good for Josh Bell. Good for that White Sox player. It's a good year for rookies. Let's fly through a couple of these uh, AL comeback Oh, wait. Can player. I make... I want to make one more point about the, rookie, the AL Rookie of the Year. Please. If make Judge another point. If Judge continues to be horrible... Jacob Faria, 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 the Rays pitcher, mm-hmm. I think he could have a chance. I think if Judge bombed. Well, his his average is now at what, like 295? It I was. mean, he would he have to, like he would have to hit so poorly that he was benched for me to think 
Faria would have a chance. Like, he could hit below replacement level and still play, and he would still win that award. Right. But if he doesn't play, if he somehow got to a point where he wasn't playing, mm-hmm. Faria could win that award. All right, well, let's check back in again in a month. It's not going to happen, but it could. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you gave that dis- disclaimer there. Uh, <laughs> it could happen. Let's go through uh, comeback player. You had Michael Brantley. No. Uh, for the AL. So, so sorry. Uh, other you, For the NL, you had AJ Pollock. Um, I had Felix Hernandez and Kyle Schwarber. Who do you give... I was thinking about this. I was looking at this last night. Though, who do you give these awards to? I think AJ Pollock is not the NL comeback player of the year, but he's he's a comeback player and he's having a good year. I yeah. think you. I think, and I know. I know. Scream bias. All I want. I think you give NL comeback player of the year to McCutcheon. McCutcheon, yeah. Because the comeback has as much to do with like the narrative around it. I mean, everyone was saying McCutcheon was done. Yes. Even even a month and a half into the season, and since that point, he's been debatably in the top three players in baseball. And also, just based purely on what announcers say every time he's at the plate when you're listening to those games, right. and they talk about where they thought that he was, he had hit, he had plateaued and was on the downside. I mean, and yeah, he, he looked horrible for a year and one month, yeah. and since then, he's playing the best baseball he's played of his life, and from 2012 to 2015, he was the best consistent baseball player not named Mike Trout. Mm. Uh, arguable, but but he's in that five, conversation. Sure. In the Absolutely. outfield, certainly. Yes. Um, so I put him as my NL comeback player of the year. I don't know who my AL comeback player of the year is. Well, let's look. Keiko, I guess. But he Keiko. hasn't looked great. But he hasn't looked great the past couple starts. Well, he did he go what ten straight games with the win. Ten straight games where they won when he was on the mound. Sure. It was a. But I think Keiko might be that. my answer because Keiko was bad last year, right? Am I remembering that right? He had like a above four ERA. Yes, he he was. It was definitely a comeback down to earth from that meteoric rise the year before. So I'll put Keiko there for lack of a better sort of instant thought. Also, tons of time left. Could change. Could change in the final month. I mean, can you give sad. that award to Judge? Can you give that award to Judge based on one month of no. ineffectiveness in the major leagues the no. year before? No, it okay. has to be someone who has a, who was established before and fell sure. off, or, sure. or someone. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Managers of the year, though, I, I like our, our choices. Both of us put the same ones. AL, we put Terry Francona, and NL, we took Dave Roberts. Now, AL, probably AL, not it, Francona. It, 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 but Francona, for him to do it, for him to get that award, they'd have to be amazing the last month of the season. The narrative would have to be that Francona sort of lifted their spirits and found a way to, like, overcome adversity rather than, like, the narrative, what is, which is now, is that they've underperformed. For sure. And, Dave Roberts won that win Dave that Roberts award. is, yeah, it's hands down, and we, we were the two who went with that, so good on us for that. AL Manager of the Year, who would you pick? Uh, who's managing the, the Astros? Is that AJ Hinch? Is that his name? <laughs> I should know this. I feel like it's AJ Hinch. I'm going to say AJ Hinch until Jimmy corrects me. I think AJ Hinch wins that award. Um, but, I mean, I think there's a lot of good... It, manager of the Year is so weird. How do you pick that? I mean, di- the Kevin Cash is a decent one for the Rays. I mean, do you pick it based on, like, what teams were expected to do mm-hmm. and how well they did? Yeah. In that case, Kevin Cash is a great candidate. A.J. Hinch is the manager of the Astros, right? Yeah. Um, I would give it to A.J. Hinch. Yeah, you, I think you have to just based on their record and how they blew up in the middle of the season. Then again, uh, and this is my, I think, least favorite manager of the game, Ned Yost, I mean, took the Royals yes. from looking horrible, yes. looking like they were going to be shore sellers, and they're suddenly looking decent. Yeah. And in an important year for them, because, like, let's get real, like, being a likable team in their final year with this team that won them the World Series is more important than if they win the next three years. Why are you Most anti-Ned Yost? Oh, <laughs> uh, why am I not anti-Ned Yost? I just think he... I think I have watched him make so many bad decisions over four years that have paid off, uh-huh. which I guess some people would argue make them good decisions, but I don't think they are. I think he just, I think he's stuck in another era. 
Mm-hmm. I think I will never forgive him for how many AL, for how many relievers he put on the AL All Star roster a couple years ago, which made for the most, which makes for I mean the AL relievers were amazing because they did what they're supposed to do, which is come in for an inning and throw 100 miles per hour, uh-huh. and he won the game. But it made for like one of the most boring All Star games of all boring All Star games. <laughs> So I'm not a Yost fan. You were sitting there just spiting the sky. I hate Ned, Ned Yost. Yost. I like the Royals. I don't like Ned Yost. That's still such an accomplishment when they won the World Series. Yeah, it was great. It's it's still like the Royals were the laughing stock of my childhood. I would yeah. literally just be like, <laughs> at least I'm not a Royals fan. And then they were winning, and it was a real. I think that was a great conundrum. They for me. they beat the Mets right the year they won. Yes, and that was the Mets when they sort of did have the rotation at their best. I think what was great about that was the Mets beat the Cubs. Yeah. And I think what's great about that is I think the Cubs were the exactly wrong team to face the Mets pitchers, and I think the Royals were the exactly right team. Right. They they were they the the Cubs I will I can verify that the Cubs were the worst team to play them that year. I mean they were just like that was the year they just hit home runs and struck out a lot. A lot. A lot of strikeouts that year. Uh still a lot of strikeouts. We strike out often. As everyone is in the majors right now. So, three unlikely but possible things. Let's go through your three unlikelies. These are my favorite part. Yeah, these are the best part. Um, it's, it's the most, uh, it's, it's the hardest to quantify because first off, what is an unlikely thing? And then also a lot of these, some of these things are easy to prove, some aren't. Yeah, my, my unlikely but possible are, are pretty on the fence of unlikely or likely. Yeah, I think I went, I took it unlikely a little more seriously than you took possible a little more seriously. Yeah, Reds end season, this is the first, Sam's first one. Reds end season with three pitchers with Plus with five plus saves, zero pitchers with twelve plus saves. So I was very wrong about that. I think Iglesias yes. has nineteen, and yeah. two other people have one each. Interesting, <laughs> very specific thing you went with. Also, my <laughs> fantasy team Raziel is on my team. So right. I, when I read that, I was like, well, I guess I'm buying. At the time, I thought Iglesias would be a mid innings like an Andrew Miller. Right. I mean, the preseason narrative was that this team has no chance of winning, and so they're actually going to be sort of like a guinea pig at the sort of theory that everyone's held for a long time but haven't tested it, which is that a closer is a really stupid thing to have. Right, and you should actually just... Uh, put the best person for the best matchups. yes. And the thought was that the Reds were going to do that. I think pretty universally across baseball, people were thinking that was going to be a closer by committee, and then Iglesias just took the job. Of course, and he has been masterful this yeah. year. I mean, 19 saves of the Reds would be more impressive than 100 saves of the Dodgers. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, fun. I mean, that, that's the thing that's fun about the Reds is, like, they're not good, but they've got Joey Votto, who's, like, great, and they've got mm. Billy Hamilton, who's not good at baseball, but is fast. And that's fun to watch. <laughs> who's not... Who also wants to race John Ross. I didn't know that. So Does John wanna... Ross, who uh, set the combine yeah, yeah, yeah. record... Oh, I did read for about Ford, this. ...for the 40-yard dash, is now a member of the Cleveland Browns. I'm sorry, not the Cleveland Browns. Uh, he's a member of the Cincinnati Bengals, and... Uh, when he was drafted, John, uh, Billy Hamilton was like, "Let's let's race, dog. Let's and the race." Great White Which Shark is something nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm so down to watch a Billy Hamilton John Ross race. Although I think John Ross would win, even though Billy Hamilton is. Yeah, I don't know. I, you would know that much better than I would. I just he ran what a four two two a four a sub four three forty, well below that, and. Uh, I don't know. I, I think Billy Hamilton's fast. But... There's a legendary story about Hamilton in the minor leagues that I, who knows if it's true about him catching a fly ball on the warning track when he was playing shortstop. That's unbelievable. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's like, like a Bo Jackson story that yeah, you're like, just. I mean, who knows if it's true? It was probably like true? in like mid center field or something, and people have exaggerated. But who knows? No, I think he started from home plate. I think he outran the ball. <laughs> yeah. to the, he caught his own ball. Billy Hamilton, not good at baseball. Very ugly person. Really fast. <laughs> that's all you can say about that. <laughs> ugly, bad baseball player. It's his headshot is the scraggliest looking thing. Look it up. Just Some... Google Billy Hamilton. You won't be happy. Sometimes I wonder why they don't ask for the re the retake of the yeah, headshot he when it's really have. bad. Yeah. Or why they don't just do their hair. It's like they took the bear, their baseball cap off and just yeah. immediately took the shot. Uh, I had Rizzo and Bryant both hit 36 or more home runs. That's going to happen, right? Jersey, uh, Jury's still on on that. Uh, it, it I looks think like Rizzo the... will, Briz, uh, Bryant, it, it's 50-50 probably. But the, but the reason I object to that is, and I, I looked these up yesterday, their, their home run totals last year were 32 and 39. Yes. So, so I mean, it, unlikely again. Unlikely we're, we're, for both of them to have that consistency. But I, I just, I was buying, I was buying Brizzo souvenir get, you're stock. You're gonna get that. I want it. I want it. Your second one, Alex Cobb, and seventh in Cy Young voting. If you're listening, I need you to find out if Alex Cobb has ever ended in the top ten in Cy Young voting. It won't happen this year. He's not bad. <laughs> he, he came back and was pretty good. He's, he's actually not a horrible. If you buy the whole like, it's about injury. He's not a horrible comeback player of the year. He's got like a mid-link three ERA, but he's been consistent and his changeups coming back. He's going to be a good free agent. Also, was all over those those trade rumors. Yeah, it was it was a. Well, lot he's a free agent talk. next year, and he's gonna yeah. he's gonna make some money. Uh, my favorite of your unlikely but possible things before we go to my two other ones: mm-hmm. Bartolo Colon is an All Star. Which I think he what was amazing, the year before. Yes, what an amazing thing to put on paper. You were just like, let's ride the arm. Yeah. Uh, I think I am always a big Bartolo fan. I hope his career never ends. <laughs> never, ever, um, ever. Don't ever retire, A few days Bartolo. ago, it almost did, because he was like, I think I'm going to retire. It's going to depend on my next start. And he pitched well. And then I think a couple days later, I think he became, like, the second p- pitcher ever to pitch a complete game over the age of 40 with Jamie Moyer. Oh, my lord. What's his... Does he have a nickname? My love. <laughs> just the like, love of my heart. If you haven't Googled Bartolo Cologne memes, just do it now. Or gifts, there's, excuse me. There's so many good gifts. They're great. Um, okay, my two other ones, this was the debatable one, Sam said, but I said Harper returns to form, bats two, slash line of 290, 385, 495, with 35 home runs and 90 ribbies. So you've underestimated Bryce Harper. I've underestimated but, him. But kudos for calling that he's going to come back. Yeah, and he's hit all, he's going to hit all those. He's got a, he's over 300 batting average, he's over 400 OPS, um, I'm sorry, over 400 on base, and, uh, his slugging is over 500, I think. It's a clown stat line, bro. Dude, what are you talking about? Get off my get off my case. I like that slash line. I was like, this is No, this I, I love Bryce Harper. People who think Bryce Harper is a show is too showy need to not watch baseball because they're ruining it. <laughs> they, they are ruining it. And Bryce Harper is just trying to make baseball fun again. And like he's doing a good job. Also, I nothing is better than watching Bryce Harper start running and know that his helmet's gonna fall off oh, and, yeah. and want it to fall off. It's it's incredible. I feel like he's got like a little like spring system on the top of his head yes. that like launches the helmet off. And it looks majestic. It's terrific. It's so majestic, but it's so ridiculous. He's great. He's great. He did look like a contestant on The Bachelor last year. Yes. Um, Robbie, I think, or Chad, not Chad. Robbie. Oh, or I thought Chase. you meant just in a general. Sense. No, he looked like Robbie or Chase on last year's Bachelorette. So. Look yeah. it up. <laughs> Sam's also a, a fantasy bachelorette player. So you know. So he, you know he, he knows what he's talking about. Uh, and then my last one. Oh, man. Hendricks sustains his ridiculous ERA tear of 2.75 or lower for the season. That was wrong. I'm sorry. And Hendricks, just, just get some better pitch counts. Just, like, get up to, like, 100 pitches in a game and maybe go, like, six or seven innings and Very then nice. we'll go from there. 
Uh, okay, three more even unlikely. more unlikely things. Andrew Kutch- McCutcheon, this is Sam's. Andrew McCutcheon goes 30-30. Which he's not, um, but he's going to go 30-20, I think. Yeah. He's at... He's at you meant 30 stolen bases. Thir- yeah, 30 home runs, 30, 30 stolen, stolen bases. bases. He's at... 22 or 23 home runs uh-huh. and he's at get 12 or 13 stolen bases which injury. doesn't quite prorate to 30 20 but when you think of the fact that his first month was a lost cause he's easily on pace to do that if yeah. he keeps playing close to his output now uh but i would like to say so i said over 500 for the tampa bay rays they're one game over 500 right now right so close yes but the and second half of that prediction uh, Oakland is right behind them, finishing Which, one or two games under 500 or better. That's not the case. Oakland's uh, 16 under 500 right now? 15? Yeah, uh, 14. Um, and, wow, I'm so sorry that I I wanted that. That was a tough prediction, though, to yeah. come true. Very yeah. unlikely. Yeah. Uh, and then, last but not least, you had Cler- uh, Clayton Kershaw misses half the season with an injury. Pitches to a sub one point three ERA, and the rest of the the rest of the way still finishes in top five of voting. Very specific. So yeah. again, this is this is what I love about these predictions. Yeah. Like that's not happening. But what we can say is Kershaw's probably going to miss a month plus. Yes, he's probably going to pitch lights out the rest of the way. Yeah, and he's probably going to get second in the NL Cy Young. Yeah. So I would I like, and he he could still pitch a like. A one point three or lower, right? For five the games. end of the season, and then I would justify that as a correct prediction. Oh man, I don't even want to read my last one. Miguel Cabrera plays out of his mind for a twenty game stretch at one point, putting up three seventy five, four forty, six twenty slash line, and nine home runs over that twenty game span. But that could still happen. That's the it thing. Could it's, still he, happen. He's, he's not looking great this year, but yeah. like he's Miguel Cabrera. Like I would still not be surprised if that happened starting today. True, true. I am going to look up... I don't even know how you look that up. That's the problem. I am going to find his best 20 games, and I'm going to... We'll gonna, get back to you. I'm going to get back to when you. When I get back to you about the Clinton Hurdle quote. Yes, yes. So that's the spreadsheet. Pretty much, yeah. We did it. How, our batting average was definitely low, but the, the successful ones were really sweet. Yeah, it feels really good. This, isn't, this is probably my worst year, uh-huh. but... I'm still proud of it. And also, we could we could rally on some of those. The yep. Oakland Athletics are not going to rally for me. But Miggy could. Miggy could, yes. And uh, I mean, honestly, and I feel like if the Cubs, if I could even, like, within, like, five days of August 26th and when the Cubs reclaim Central for the last time, mm-hmm. oh, that'd be so sweet. <laughs> yeah, it would. August 26th. What an obscure date you picked. For that prediction. You know? I just felt it. I felt August You really 26th. felt it. You, you really did. Kids are coming back to school. It's that Summer's time. Summer's ending. Uh, okay, so I want to move on to World Series picks. Do you want to... What, what? Who are your two? Yeah, this is so hard because it's like, how do you pick anyone but the Dodgers right now? Which means yes. they don't, they're not going to win it. <laughs> like, yeah, right, I mean, like, of course. I mean, no. I mean, I'm going to pick the Dodgers to win it. The, the success rate of teams that have won the most in the league that year and winning the World Series is not high. Mm-hmm. It's not as high as it should be. Um, but yeah, I'm going to pick the Dodgers to win. I'm going to pick them over the Indians. Wonderful. I I want to go with... I still believe Indians are going to be there. Uh, and then I, I think you have to pitch, pick against the Dodgers just for the fact that peaking right now is not the time to peak. But then again, last year the Cubs were peaking around this time and sure. then they sustained it. And I don't know if they're peaking. They're just winning. It's true. 
It's we true. haven't seen it unpeak yet. I really do think the Nationals have a nasty lineup and, and could cause problems for anybody. So you're going Nationals, Indians? Uh, who Nationals, wins? Indians. I can't pick the Cubs just because a if repeat- I cursed them, if I cursed them in any way by picking them, it would be a sad, sad day. Well, and so, a repeat is hard, and a repeat is especially hard when you're debatably the fourth best team in your your league. For sure, and I and they they are in that slot. Fourth but watch, best. They're gonna win now. I really hope this is just reverse jinxing them. I know. I but I like I like the idea of a Nationals, Nationals, um, Indians. What's the most surprising World Series you could imagine? Most surprising, Diamondbacks, and. Yankees. I'm going Diamondback Rays. Di- Diamondbacks surprising, but could happen. Yeah, I could could happen. Surprising, but definitely feasible. Rays. <laughs> Archer just goes on a tear and pitches every game. They've got a great rotation. They're hitting more homers than the Red Sox are. So Sam, we're entering a a new segment here, and I I just want to invite some stuff into the room here. Uh oh. We're just gonna here some crinkly we're just bags. Gonna, we're just gonna chew over some stuff. So here your snacks of choice weren't available. Uh, no. But I went with a couple different options, and I want you to. We're just gonna be chewing over some stuff. So I want you to choose between. I got some uh, some okay. smart food white cheddar. Should I hold the crinkle of the nacho cheese? Oh yeah. Up to the microphone for sure. This is the sound of heaven. That's it. Nacho cheese Doritos right there. I got you some smart food white cheddar. This is all for you. Thank you. And I and I got you some Oreos as well. Oh my gosh, you're on it. These are Uh, all great snacks. These are all perfect snacks because the snacks that I requested are the smelliest snacks in the universe. You requested jalapeno chips and uh, the most amazing, the honey mustard and onion. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, they're the greatest they're thing so ever. They're so good. The honey I don't even know what they're, they're called. They're like pretzel nuggets or pretzel, pretzel nibblers. Yeah, I suck them dry and then chew them in nibblers. a disgusting way. Yeah, they're so good and they smell so bad. I actually, I was working for someone and they said I had to stop eating them because they could smell them. <laughs> you got kicked out of some I got, Yeah, I was like, please sit two rows behind me while you take my notes. <laughs> they're so good. We'll have to enjoy them another time. They were out. No, thank you. No, these are great. These are great snacks. I'm going to eat one nacho cheese chip right now. Well, I want you to be chewing it over because what I really want you to do is... Uh, Long ago, in a room not far from where we are now, the lovely Mr. Samuel French convinced me to try fantasy baseball for a second time in my life. And the first time I tried fantasy baseball, I couldn't figure out how to draft. Uh, My computer wasn't working. I auto-drafted. I hated my team. I had no idea what I was doing. I was in high school. And I was turned off. It wasn't fantasy football, but... You 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 righted the ship. Good. And uh, I tried fantasy baseball again, and I just think the people the people need to hear why fantasy baseball is the most forgotten sport, and the and one of and possibly definitely the number two greatest fantasy sport to play. I mean, this is the basic argument for me that I also make for baseball and like being a baseball fan. This is the basic argument. Yes. If you love something, if you are a super fan, why would you want it to only happen sixteen times? If you love something, like if it is like something. for casual fans, I get it. For even, like, big fans but are like, I don't really like these. I don't like, this is not, like, a major thing that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. I get it. 162 games is way too long. 22 weeks is way too long, which is, I think, how long the fantasy baseball season is. But if you're someone like me or Jimmy who 
wish the fantasy football season would go on all year. Who wish the f- football season would go on all year. Yes, not for CTE because of concussions. I sure. actually don't want that to happen. Sure. So please don't Just for do our that. selfish the purposes en- of having media to consume, games to yes. watch, articles to read. The selfish, uh, the selfish concerns of the owners would definitely love that. They yeah. would love football all the time. But I'm just saying, why wouldn't you want 162 games to watch of course. if you were available? And why wouldn't you want 22 weeks to be focusing in on the sport? Yeah. Beyond that, I think the scoring set of fantasy baseball is a much wider margin than fantasy football. I think there's way different things you can do based on like your league's preferences of like saber metrics or mm-hmm. not. Um, and I think that totally changes the thing. And I think the length of the season, not just how much you get to engage with it, but it changes sort of the ups and downs of a year. It gives you more time to come back if you're down. It gives you more time to blow it if you're up. I mean, in a fantasy football season, like in our league, like eight weeks in, you can know you're going to the playoffs. If you have a great eight yes. weeks, you can know within you know reasonable doubt. You're and going injury. To injuries are so much more prevalent. Right. But, you know, it's, there's always chance for it to change. I mean, I think two weeks ago I was up 18 games on second place, and now I'm up like two games. Yeah. An update on the current season. Sam is in first place. I am in third place. Jimmy's been climbing the standings. I, I, I'm saying this with no actual like information to back up, but I would have said 10 weeks ago you were not in a playoff spot. No, I was in eighth place. 10 weeks ago. About, yeah, about 10 weeks ago. You've been ago. climbing about a, a place in the standings a week. We had to fight. We had to claw. We've, we've had to work. Uh, so Sam has had this league going for a while. Uh, he's not with, with Miles. He runs it. And uh, the past, I've, this is my third year. Yeah. First year, I got third. And beat and me in the playoffs. beat in the playoffs. With, One of the with, sweetest days of my life. a JT Real Muto <laughs> inside the park home run. <laughs> but I still remember. No, um, my team crashed that week. That was the best fantasy team you I've ever had. You hate him so much I because of that. I just want to be clear. That was the best JT fantasy Real team Muto. I ever had. <laughs> and I've won two of our like six leagues. I've won two years. And that was the best team I've ever had. And we crashed that week. And it wouldn't have mattered. Had JT Real, to, Real Muto made it into a triple... You still would have won. You beat me that week. But an inside-the-park home run for from JT. From a catcher. From a catcher. Wow. Yeah. JT. In your first mid-season, year. Mid-season wire, waiver wire pickup, too. Uh, wow. And you ended third? I ended third that year. And this year you ended? La- yeah, last, last year I ended second. To, to who won? Uh, not to, to Miles? Did Miles end up Miles winning? has never won. Miles, if you're listening, you will never win. <laughs> no. You will always, and you have said this to me in your dark moments of thinking it's true, and I'm here to confirm it, you are always a fourth place fantasy baseball player. Also, someday Miles will, will come on this, uh, he'll come on this podcast, but I am, I'm more competitive with no, Miles. I think Miles' cousin won last year, or Brady. Brady might have won. He, is he Rock Nation? Rock Nation is his cousin, I think. Oh, okay. Um, well. But I've been in back. first place for over half the season. Which makes me scared. That means you're gonna fall. That means I'm gonna fall. Yeah, but, but I with with Miles, uh, Miles is I am unbelievably competitive with Miles in everything. Ping pong, ping touch pong, football, fantasy baseball, anything. Uh, so the idea of beating Miles is my is always the most tantalizing thing to think about. Almost as sweet as beating you that one time. That was uh, bad. So if if I get to play Miles in the in the postseason this year, I'll be very happy. But uh, we're I, all going. All three of us are going to be in the for postseason. sure. Safe Miles, Sam, and I will all. We're we're pretty we're pretty certain. Plus six of the ten teams make the playoffs this year, so we'll be keeping you updated on what's going on in fantasy baseball. Give us give us your four your four big players from your team. 
loop him in. Uh, I mean, Salvador Perez, he's not that great. I think he comes in at like 120th of the player ranking. Um, I'm very much not a believer in not drafting early on catcher, so I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, almost all the people that were drafted before him have been not busts, but busts in relation to where they were picked. I think Salvador Perez has been easily the best uh, catcher in fantasy this year. I don't know have that the stats to back that up. I'm pretty confident in that. He's been great. Um, I made a trade a month into the season where I traded Dylan Bundy, Orioles pitcher, who was pitching out of his mind. Everyone knew he was going to come back to earth, but like was still pitching out of his mind. And I traded him to my brother for Andrew McCutcheon, who was hitting 200 at the time. And I think to the day, that was the day he started his turnaround. I'm not yeah. taking credit for it. <laughs> but should. Dylan Bundy now has like a five ERA. And I mean, it wasn't a bad trade. It wasn't a bad trade for Nat because the risk reward was totally right. I mean, mm-hmm. the risk was always that McCutcheon was going to turn around and Bundy was going to regress, but also very well could have just been that both of them stayed roughly the same. Right. Um, those are two great performers. I put George Springer on there, even though he's hurt right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll put, I picked up Cody Bellinger on the waiver wire, which was huge, which was huge. Huge for the big league boys, which is Sam's the big league boys, team. which is a reference to what's that guy's team. name? Kyle. He's on SNL. Kyle. Uh, oh yeah, Kyle. He, what's oh my he, gosh? He, he does he the Giants a lot. Game. He has a he has a great video on YouTube uh, where he talks about the big league boys, and that's my team. And my avatar for my team is a picture of uh, Pablo Sanchez. If anyone remembers him from Backyard Baseball, the tubby Hispanic kid with the belly sticking out who had both speed and power. Oh man, Backyard Baseball. Five tool player. It's Kyle Mooney. Kyle Mooney, yeah. yes, who also was the best part of Zoolander too. He had a an amazing, really sh- small part in an absolutely horrific film. I did not see that movie. Uh, well done, Kyle. Really good. Also, yeah. and thank oh. you for giving my team its name. Uh, since I changed my name to your name, I think my team has won first place two of the five seasons I've played. Yeah. How did it go in the postseason two years ago for your team, by the way? I lost to you. We just talked about this. <laughs> JT Realmuto uh, drove a stake into my... But I you know, like one re- of us here like has championship it. rings and one of us doesn't. Oh! Oh, it hurts! Oh! I'll see you in the postseason. Uh, I would say my four... Um, I'm, my, my team is Hamill and Chisel. Hamill, miss you being a cub, but kind of glad you're not a cub. Just stay in the league, so my joke, my play on words is still relevant. Hamill and Chisel, uh, my four players this year, purely on where I drafted Harper, has been incredible for what he's done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's just pulled through so many weeks Let's for me. Let's just be clear in defense of our league. I just want to make it clear. You didn't dra- draft Harper in like the sixth round. No. Our, dra- no. our league is not idiots. No, it's of course early not. Early second I, round or late I, first round? I picked him my last pick of the first round. Okay, cool. Which, it, considering the value of that, and then getting, um, and then getting Rendon as well. Rendon has been huge this year. Absolutely, Rendon and Harper both. Also, at the beginning of the year, when I was honestly the worst team in the league, uh, I was lucky to be eighth because of just a lot of things. Mike Leak pitching at the beginning of the year was the only serviceable pitcher I had. So his run at the beginning of the season is the only reason that I'm even. You know, and in that's the another playoffs. reason fantasy baseball is great. The fact that like. In 2017, we can attribute a playoff run to Mike Leak. Yeah, yeah. I also love. I I've have a newfound love for watching him pitch because he's such a like a another infielder because he's one of those yeah, few ground ball athletic. pitchers who immediately wants to field the ball. He he's really good. He's almost like a Gold Glove at at from the mound, which is awesome. Uh, so Mike Leak, even though you've fallen off a little bit, my man, you know, thank you. And uh, I probably go with. 
Kluber coming just just coming back strong. He started off weak and I tried injury, really hard I think to deal for Kluber when he was on the disabled list yeah. from your team and you wisely held off. I didn't do a single trade this year. I just I I couldn't pull the trigger on anything. A lot of my guys were underperforming for so long, so it was selling low, which I I didn't want to do. Plus there's just the waiver wire is where it's, all it's the potent. goods are. You got there's so much to find there. I just got Yadier to uh, come in at catcher because I wanted to shake things up and he's having a big week. So, uh, but yeah, fantasy baseball. We'll keep we'll keep everyone updated. They're dying now. Uh, Sam's gone to work on his Doritos. He hasn't touched his white cheddar popcorn yet, so he's been chewing it over with Doritos. Flavors. Yeah. So I say we we check we should we should check back in right before the playoffs Sounds for sure. Good. Sounds good, man. On, Thanks um, for having me. Anything you need to get off your chest? Any rants? Things that you just... <laughs> you rants. Anything that oh, you're just dangerous. like... What do you... I'm I... just going to list a couple of stupid things about baseball, the sport I love. I'm okay. just going to list a couple of stupid things. This is why I wanted you here, Sam. Go go for it. And, go and, for and the premise is I think baseball is far and away the best thing that can be consumed by any consumer. Okay. Sports, entertainment, theater, art. It's baseball. Baseball is the best one. But here's all the reasons. <laughs> I mean, like... The Mona Lisa has an argument, but baseball wins out. And But here's the reasons why it sucks. The wild card game. It's stupid. I was so on board when it was created. I was so on board of what it did to division races to make them relevant again. But here we are in 2017. Frequently, the second or third best teams have had to play in the wild card game. And it's looking like it's going to happen in the NL again, where two of the best teams, and not just two of the best teams, but two of the teams with the most exciting narratives of the year are going to eliminate each other, eliminate each other based on one year. So that's stupid, and I hate it. Based on one game. Based on one game, which yeah. is not... Which, more than any other sport, is not how baseball is meant to be played. It's insane. The Phillies could beat the Dodgers in one game. It could happen. It probably wouldn't, but it could happen. Can you imagine? What a terrible day. <laughs> I know, but it's it's really true. Um, and it, it messes up with so many things, too. It messes like the course of the season. It messes with the trade deadline. It messes with fans' heads. It messes with rebuilding effort. It makes teams think they're relevant when they're not. It's just a bad idea, and it hasn't helped the sport. Um, throwing at players. Throwing at players is stupid. I guess for hundreds of years, the hundreds of years baseball has played, five, six hundred years, people have been like, if you look like you're having fun, we're allowed to throw 98 mile per hour balls at your face. That's so stupid. I don't know why it's taken hundreds of years for people to be like, no, this shouldn't happen. When they hit, was it Hunter Strickland hit Harper? Was it, is it Harper that he hit? The the fight. Was that the yeah, first charge Yeah, Strickland hit Harper, and the reason that most people report it was because Two years ago, Bryce Harper hit a home run off him. <laughs> like, that's insane. Hunter Strickland should be not allowed to play baseball. And I would be happy. And, like, people blame Harper. I think Harper had a more meaningful suspension. That's stupid. Like, that's so stupid. Speaking of which, having fun while playing the game. Bat flips are amazing. Purists who say they're not. Like, what, what are you talking about? Logan Morrison's bat flip. There's a little video of a toddler playing wiffle ball, and he, like mashes a home run and he points the bat like a gun at the ball shoots it with like a shotgun motion and then flips it into the air and it's just like that's the best thing a baseball player could ever do is like hit a home run and flip a bat yes. and they don't allow it in my softball league either and i've got bones to pick there <laughs> uh those are two things that, those are that should things. be your last bone to pick with them first you should be like we we need to have extra innings for ties yeah. this is how baseball and softball is played yeah and, and then we need to be the two baffles you get like a warning the first time and ejected the second time it's nonsense those are the things that piss me off this year about baseball wow there's so much to unpack there, but thank you so much. Oh! <laughs> he was chewing on those hot takes. Oh, man, really. You chewed it over. 
Thank you, Sam. Thank you for, for coming on. Thank you. I also, anytime you're on, I just want to end, end it with saying that if you're out there and you're listening and you work for a Major League Baseball team and you have a front office position high up that you feel like offering someone who has no front office experience... <laughs> But and loves like a pretty the sport of baseball. limited idea of statistics. A pretty like. <laughs> limited, yeah, and analytics. Call up my boy Sam French. Uh, unless he would be you willing feel to abstain. I will not lead off for you, and I will not work for your <laughs> analytics department. Uh, he will. He would give up his current profession. In a for, for a for a front office position, In a so man. <laughs> I think we should just continue being the the podcast headhunters here and yeah. just trying to find you that. Get me there. Uh, yeah, I think the Orioles need you. I, I do I don't feel confident that I would do a good job working for a major league baseball team. I do feel like confident that I would do a better job than anyone in the Orioles organization. <laughs> That's not gonna help them. They're listening. Pick you. Are you the owner? Whoever you are. Angelos, is that it? Angelos, maybe. Well, I, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Angelos Fresh Market. That's a that's a Brooklyn grocery store. Hire me. I will do wonders. Yeah. And you would or wouldn't trade Machado? I would have. You would I have. just like Wow. They're a, I mean, I, I would trade him this offseason, probably. No, is he free? No, he's a free agent the next year. I would trade him in the offseason. Well, there you go. You know what he would do first, Orioles organization. All right. Party on. Thank you, Sam. All right. So big thank you to Sam for coming on the pod. That was fun. So fun. If you're not a baseball fan and you're still listening, I'm proud of you. You really stuck it out. A lot of baseball being thrown at you, and you just stuck it out. You kept coming. You kept kept listening. So, I want to get our facts straight for a couple of things. We taped that last week, so forgive us if a couple of the lead changes have switched for the divisions. A couple of things. The Cubs are now up two and a half games. We had said they were up a game and a half. They're now up to two and a half. That's it, Cubbies. Go, Cubs, go. Also, the Indians' run differential is now up to 130. Sam referenced it at 98. This is hilarious. The Orioles have kind of fallen off in the last week or so, but they're still only three and a half out of the wild card, and yet they're in seventh place for the wild card. Crazy. Three and a half back, and yet are in seventh place. The AL wild card is insane. Also, running theme of this podcast, Sam, you are a wizard of stats. We should just call him Sam the Encyclopedia French. Anytime that Sam says, oh, I don't know, is it this, or, uh, I think this happened, right? Did that, that might not have happened. It definitely happened, and he's correct. He nailed it. The Baltimore owner, Angelos, that's correct. Nailed that. Bradley Zimmer, the prospect, nailed that name. Andrew Miller, I didn't even know this, but five years ago, he was a starter for the Red Sox, went back to the minor league, came back up and reinvented himself as a, as a mid-innings reliever. Sam is a wizard. He's a wizard. Sam is a wizard. That's all there is to it. I have nothing else to say. He's an encyclopedia man. He's a wizard. We should call him the encyclopedia or the wizard. The baseball wizard. I don't know. Get at me if you have a nickname for Sam because he's ridiculous at remembering these things. He's a machine. A couple other stats to check in on. I was correct, however. I did try to match the encyclopedia. Justin Turner only had one home run through June 8th. I said June 1st. June 8th, he only had one home run. And he was still hitting 373 with an OPS over 900, which is crazy. So old school. It was awesome. Uh, another thing to check in on stat-wise, Bryant is at 23 home runs and Rizzo's at 28. So I'm still pretty confident they're both going both to hit it to 36, which was my preseason prediction. So hopefully they will hit that and I will feel better about myself. A couple other things. 
Feria has had a bit of a rough stretch since we talked, and Sam had said he might have some rookie of the year potential in the AL, and he's had two rough starts, but Judge has had an awful last seven weeks, so uh, it's not like Judge is running away with it, but I think it would be tough to catch Judge, for Feria to catch Judge, that is. Also, last but certainly not least, for my If I Were a Betting Man segment, the Cleveland Indians right now are plus 550 to win the World Series. I think that is a gracious line, and I would take it. I like them coming out of the AL. The Astros have been losing steam, and I think they're a shoe-in to make the World Series at this point, which is a scary thing to say in baseball, but I like them going to the World Series, and then you're getting plus 550 of them beating the Dodgers or whoever represents the NL in the World Series, which is pretty good odds. So take the Indians, World Series, plus 550. It's great odds. And finally, Sam had mentioned me playing this podcast out with the marathon song that him and Kyle wrote for me, which I thought about and I really wanted to do, but I can't just play it without giving it a full podcast of explanation. So Sam and Kyle are going to come on. We're going to talk about that story. We're going to have them explain one of the greatest artistic achievements of our time, which is the song that they wrote. It is truly magnificent. So we'll be talking about that in the future and then We'll play that song for you so you just have something to look forward to. All right. Thanks for listening. We're going to be back with another podcast really soon. We're also going to be talking about the news that just broke. Kyrie Irving headed to the Celtics. I can't even collect my thoughts on it currently because I'm so shocked, but I guarantee we're going to have people on. We're going to be talking about this because it's a huge trade. Just shook up the Eastern Conference. Things are going to get nasty nasty in the Eastern Conference this year. Looking forward to it. All right, thanks for listening. Stefan, play him out. Give him some sweet, sweet tunes. (laughs) ¶¶